everybody. Here we go. Welcome to episode number three of Taking Stock. This is a hobby content collaboration between Sports Cards Live and the Sports Card Dad Network. It is Tuesday night, May the 30th, 2023. My name is Jeremy Lee and my co-host right there, that is Dennis Zender, DPZ. What is going on, buddy? What's going on, my friend? Glad to, to get together tonight and talk about cards again. <laughs> Let's do it again. We are here to take stock, you guys. Thanks to all of the loyal viewers, listeners of both Sports Cards Live and the Sports Card Dad YouTube channel. Be sure you are subscribed to both if you are not yet. And as always, in any live stream that this guy is involved in, and now this guy too, your comments, your questions are in play. So don't be shy. We'll get to as many as we can tonight. And tonight, we are, we are taking stock. We are taking stock on the issues between buying the card versus buying the grade it's a hot topic it's one that everyone kind of should be needs to be aware of if you buy graded cards it's something to to think about dennis how how top of mind is it for you buying the card versus the grade how much are you seeing it out in the narrative in the in social media lately these days well jeremy i think it's something that people are talking about now and considering because if you look at some of these pop reports they're not always obviously accurate and you'll see some serial numbered cards that are out of uh, 50 I got my friend uh, Brent here, Deep Valley Investor. He, he'll point that out to you in his stories. He's a real good follow. Go check him out. Um, you'll get these, these refractors that obviously are numbered to 50 or 100 or 75 or whatever it is, but their pops are much higher than that because people are cracking and resubbing. So you just really don't know. So I think at some point, you just kind of have to trust your gut and look at the card and what's, what's, is the grade really what it is or is it just the card? And I also see PWCC is making a bigger, uh, they're, they're, they're putting out a lot of content showing I appeal matters. You'll see one card sell for this much and you'll see another card sell for maybe less or more, but the, uh, it might be a lower grade or maybe a different slab, but the, the I appeal matters. And it's, it's, they're focusing on the older cards, the vintage cards, and they're, the vintage cards, I do think it matters a lot more. Um, I appeal is a little easier to figure out, you know, in the modern and ultra modern market. I think this really feels when you're talking about I really understanding the card or appreciating the card for what it is, registry, registry and all that, registration, I think uh, in the end of the day, it's 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 your vintage and, and your, you know, maybe 1990, you can even say up to 2000. I don't know what the, the ages are when it comes to the, you know, what we call vintage and non-vintage and all that, right? But yeah, I think it's a very hot topic to answer your question. And it's something as you're collecting now, you need to start paying attention to because whatever you keep is what you get. Whatever you get is what you're going to keep. And you, Jeremy, have the ultimate story on how you made a decision that actually plays right into this episode. I'm sure you'll sure we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely get to that uh, for sure. So you know, you mentioned uh, modern. Modern. It's not as it's really not as not as big of a deal in modern simply because the 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 cutting quality, the printing quality, it's a lot better than it was in the times of vintage, which for me, I consider up until Upper Deck came in and really changed cardstock, right, mm. right, and packaging and all that. So, but that's it. I know a lot of people consider vintage to end after 1981 in baseball, but whatever it is, you can decide for yourself. But the question that I want to answer, just to sort of lay down some context here, here, is why is it even a thing? Why are we even talking about buying the card versus the grade? And there's there's several reasons why. The first one is, Grading itself by the incumbent grading companies is inconsistent a lot of the time. You've got early slabs, you've got new slabs, you've got, 
you know, certain cards, there may have been, there may have been preferential treatment along the way. Not all nines are the same. Not all tens are the same. That goes down the chain, down the grading scale, all the way down to ones. There's a wide range of, of eye appeal and quality and defects and damage that can be uh, on, on a, a one card, a fair card, a good card, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's also, as you mentioned, populations come into play. Is it, a, you know, how important or rare is the card? Does the grade even matter? For some people, the grade doesn't even matter. Some people just want the card. I saw MK put out a, a post today on his Instagram saying, I'm looking for these cards. Great, any grade, raw, doesn't even matter. He just He just wants the card. And then some people, when they're buying cards, they can be a little bit OCD. They want uniformity in their collection, which I used to be that guy. I used to want all my cards in the same slabs. They stack nicer. I'm not really doing that anymore. I'm willing to, to get outside of that comfort zone. But those are some of the reasons why I think that buying the card versus the grade is even something that we are talking about today. Uh, let's go to, some, we're gonna run through these comments. Dennis, we've got, we got a bunch of them. Uh, Brent is here. Good evening. David G, Gia Maz, Gross Bros Parody. Nice to see you. Thank you. Tom Grant says, think you'll find people that collected prior to grading have always bought the card. Uh, that's, I mean, maybe you, Tom, but I can, I can, I can tell you from experience, that's, that's not the case consistently. Uh, but, but it's maybe they are more prone to it, but it's certainly not the standard. 1956 Tops guy is here. Good to see you, Matt. Jeff McMahon. Brent sold a blue Machado and bought a gold for the same price. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of opportunities out there for that kind of thing. Matt says, I love buying 90s MJs and PSA 8 that look like 10s to me. That's often an opportunity out there. Brent says, my scenario is real for modern. Yeah, and it is, but you switch grades and and you even switch grading companies in there. So it's a it's a sort of, it's it, it's the, it applies. 100%, yeah, that, that, that certainly applies. Contender, learning how to pre-grade raw is a skill that took me half a year to learn. And that's a key point there is you need to be, you need to educate, you need to inform yourself and, and, and have some experience with the cards. Mosaic says, buy the card to keep, buy the grade to sell. Fair comment. Tom, why are people talking? Everyone with knowledge knows a ton vintage had been doctored. Why should you trust what a former line cook says about your card? I mean, that's kind of bang on right there. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I totally, and we're going to get, as Dennis said earlier, I, I, I made a play that I didn't buy the card. I, I kept the, I kept the card and sold the grade. You could say that's what right. I did. And I got a whole bunch of comments on my post and we'll get to them. And some of them, uh, one of them is really similar to Tom's comment right here. Hello, collector's dream professor is buying a grading company and Bay area guy. I'm looking for the Holy grail. Good luck with that Bay Area guy. So before we get into even more stuff and guys keep bringing those comments, you know, why I I want, I asked the question before we came in here, Dennis, I said, what is driving people to buy the grade and not the card? And I think we bounced it around together. We came up with a few things, set registries, the PSA set registry, especially a lot of people are just competing for the highest score. They want to be at the top of that ladder. They want the award at the annual luncheon at the national. They want that little pin to put on their lapel, that sort of thing. So set registry has really influenced, inspired people to care less about the the card itself and just go for the grade without even caring if the card, you know, may be altered inside. They don't care. A lot of them don't care. 
They and I know this from interviewing people who've said this on my other show. So uh, some people just, you know, they the set registry is is driving what they're buying. Being a novice or an amateur, new to the hobby, you just might not know that not all nines are the same, not all sevens are the same, etc. Some people do it for bragging rights. They just want to show off that nice PSA 10 or BGS 10 slab. Influencers, there's been in, there's been influencers on grades, influencers on cards. You know, we all we all watch content. If you're watching this, you obviously watch watch content. Does any, is there anything else to the chat? Is there anything else out there that you think drives people to buy the grade and not the card? Dennis, anything I just went through that kind of sparked anything in your mind? You know, I don't, I don't know. I think I would expand upon, expound upon the influencer take because I do feel like influence influencers over the past few years, now that the space is sort of, you know, grown, Let's, let's let's say it has grown. I think influencers have had a big impact on how collectors, investors look at cards and the the grades that they're buying. Some you know, and there's some people that you can talk to. They'll say, you know, if it's not a PSA 10, I don't want it. Um, a friend of mine is very much like that, and and I I become kind of influenced by it because he's a longtime collector, and um, so you 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 run into that, right? I think I'll, I'll run back to that comment that. Um, I forget who made it. You buy the card to keep, you buy the grade to sell. Well, you know, if you're investing and you're spending a lot of money on a card, you know, the ma- the grade matters, the grading company matters. I think it all matters. I think we all have to think about that. And right now, PSA leads the way, in my opinion. I think if you're going to spend a considerable amount of money on a card and it, you'd want it in a high grade in a PSA slab right now, I think that's what you want. And that could change in time. But for right now, the way things are, I think that's that's the play that's that's how things are how things stand right now but influencers people coming in like in the novices like myself coming into the hobby we're listening to the people that are talking about this the psa nines or there's a great you know it maybe at one point hey the psa nines are undervalued but then you weren't looking at the populations of psa nines like what's the gem rate on a card that's something you got to think about a gem rate on a card there may be a ton of cards like let's use the any nine upper deck ken Griffey jr I think the gem rate on that card is I, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Someone in the chat maybe find that find out what that Ken Griffey Jr. 89 upper deck gem rate is. But I believe there's 1700 PSA tens, and I don't know how many BGS 95s or 10, BGS tens. I don't know how many SGC tens or any of that other are. But um, there's like what well, it's the most graded card period that's ever been graded. And if there's only 1700 PSA tens that's why the, the value is being driven. You know, that's where the value comes from. So I think there's something to be said for it, but I also, you know, not everybody has all that money to throw away, throw around a car, throw away. That wasn't a Freudian slip, throw around at cards. Um, so when I first started, it was just the highest grade you could possibly get. Um, the PSA 10 and, and you basically are told PSA 10s, you don't you have to be told the market tells you that. Um, my question would be for all the old hats in the room, when did BGS, become eclipsed by PSA like when did that happen that would be my question yeah there was a time when Beckett led the way for modern I mean PSA to me has always led the way uh SGC had a had a stint there too but PSA has always led the way for vintage and I think only recently did they overtake BGS for for desirability or or just resale value of modern cards you said that you know the play is right now the play is you want the PSA 10 well, I think that's 
that's the play if the card deserves to be in the holder, in my opinion. Now, again, I'm a long-term hold person. We're seeing some comments coming in that are saying, well, for a short-term sell, you want the 10. Well, yeah, if you're getting it graded yourself, sure. But if you're buying a card already graded, you're going to pay for a 10, then you're going to sell a 10. You might just lose money on on commission mm. fees that you're going to pay. So I don't really see the resale game being being the play unless you're being unless you're able to buy extremely well, which a lot of people can. So I do think that there there is a play there. And then when we talk about PSA 10s, and just just so everybody understands, and I think Dennis means that, but I want to clarify that when we say you know the the play is the PSA 10, well for modern, but for a 1948 Leaf card, maybe the play is a PSA mm. 6 or for a T206 card, maybe the play is a PSA 4 or, right. or higher if you can get it. But those, that, that play number does come down as we go back in time. Is that, am I, am I getting right? Am I kind of yes, getting no, what, what you were saying? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I yeah. think when I say play, I mean, that's just, that seems to be the going flavor of the, of the time. I mean, it's, we're in a moment of time where this that's what's important. I mean, is there going to be a moment in time when everybody wants a gold label SGC? Is there going to be a moment in time when the BGS 10 pristine, if they ever come out and talk about anything here anytime soon, if that's going to be the grade everybody covets, right? I mean, what if Fanatics buys Beckett and now all of a sudden everybody's chasing that pristine 10? That's the card everybody wants. That's the king. And maybe people will say it is right now. Um but I think it, it in, in okay. So the grade in the card is different. I'll I'll say this though. When I talk about just BGS in general, let me use another. I mean, of course, I'm everybody. I think everybody in the world knows I'm, I'm the Griffey. I just love Griffey, so I collect him. I focus on him. There's like an '89 Donruss. It's like the most obviously. You know, you you grow up in my age. That's the card. The card you could buy at the gas station when you're a kid, right? So that '89 Donruss card has got a lot of issues. You chips very easily. The borders, the colors. There's a handful of PSA tens. They sell for about three, four hundred bucks. I've owned a couple in time, but I, you know, I've opted to go different directions to get more of the the rare stuff. But there is a BGS ten, and this, I think it's on Golden, and, and they want, you know, a lot more than than three hundred, four hundred dollars. I think it's like five thousand dollars. Is there a premium for a card that that someone deems is just like above and beyond the perfect PSA ten? I think that's an interesting topic because you look at that card that's mass produced like crazy. So you're not really, you're, you're kind of buying the card in the grade when it comes to that particular card, because there's so many of them and you're buying the most pristine version of that card. I think there's only like 10 or 12 or something like that, that even exists. Well, maybe, so, maybe you are. It depends how that card got in that BGS 10 slab. I mean, it, it you know, there are several BGS 10 cards in, in PSA 10 slabs and vice versa. There are PSA 10s that would convert over to BGS 10s and even BGS 10 black labels, but they were, they're trapped in that PSA slab for now. So, yeah. All like right, Angel, let's... Yeah, Angel Baby cards, yep. 89 Donors, KGA, uh, King Griffey Jr. We've had a load of them. And as we're told several years ago, they were a low pop and a 10. I mean, I would like to say they still are considerably if you're looking at if you're grading on a curve of the junk wax era now is it a low pop card in general probably not obviously you can buy it. i guess i look at when it comes to population of a card or scarcity of the card which can also you can also branch into this buying the card not the grade it depends on how many off how often you see the card come up for sale um you can you can pretty much get that psa 10 anytime you want any day of the week yeah you, you can find them everywhere you cannot find a bgs 10 
and and of other cards you can't find the card so i think sometimes you buy the card because sometimes the gr grade's not going to matter if you don't see the, if you never see the card come out in the wild right and yeah it, yeah when when you are when you are holding out for a bgs 10 instead of buying a psa 10 for example I believe that you are simply more interested in the slab and the and the number on on the label than you are in the card inside or you just trust you just trust unequivocally that the grading companies are grading consistently and accurately all the time which we just know is impossible they 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 just can't they're human. No. So. You are buying the you're buying the grade in that sense. Yes. All right, let's run through some comments here. Yeah, Deep Value says short resale for short term. Uh, Matt says, why buy the grade? Aside from the registry, I would say short term resale as well. Again, only if you're buying it at a discount with meat left on the bone. Tom says the set registry changed the hobby, hobby marketing wise. New entries ate it up, created a new market for highly graded cards. Yeah, it certainly contributed to that. Angel Baby says, from experience, I'm fine with a nine. Personally, tens are tough to find, especially say before. 2010 tougher to find but there's plenty out there but nines are fine i'm with you angel baby nines are fine mike petty yeah i noticed those uh 69 basketball uh psa 10s going for 30k on on pwcc uh on sunday night as well i think that's a completely a set registry thing right there mosaic mind says i gotta believe the grade purchasers are influenced by resale prospects they're laying the investment bets with the grade purchasing it'll probably pay off long term as long as the hobby keeps on eating up inconsistent grading, then yes, I think I think that that's probably true. Professor, divide grade by price. It gives you a multiplier, a way to compare. Uh, Brent says, did the slab matter on the $12 million mantle SGC 9.5? Uh, yeah, it certainly did. That 9.5 certainly mattered. If a card is truly rare and scarce and important of a significant player, the slab doesn't matter. Oh, it matters, Brent. It matters, unfortunately, but it does. It, may, it matters to the... It matters to people that that to whom it's important that this that that number. Well, Jeremy, let's let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this with Brent's question. If that was in a nine, if that card was in a PSA ten slab, how much do you think that would have sold for? I can't, I can't, I can't forecast or guess that, but much more than SGC nine point five, I would think. You think it would sell for more though? A hundred percent, ninety five percent. In case everybody's internet went down in the Northeast United States that night that, it, that the auction ended, otherwise, yeah. It's going, it's going for more than the SGC 9.5. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like this. SP123 says the hobby loves paying the PSA 10 tax. Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Angel Baby says PSA are a little more than splitting hairs for you cannot really and effectively tell the difference. So that's an interesting comment because it is harder to find the difference between a 10 and a 9 than it is a 1 or a 2 or a 2 or a 3. The, the bandwidth of the of the various conditions within any grade narrows as you go up the scale. So that, that's a good point there by Angel Baby. Mike Petty says PSA registry is for skippies, in my humble opinion. Uh, Anony says sell the 10 by the 9. Yeah, I can get behind that. Chasing Majors, good to see you. Tom says for a while Beckett was, yeah, this is exactly right what Tom is saying here. I remember those days quite well. John Vito, I'm a set registry guy. My grade rate is 9.73. You can have every card, but in low grade, but it taints the high percent. Yeah, because John Vito, you are more interested in the numbers on your screen, the ranking, the, the gamification of PSA than you are in the quality of your cards. And I'm not saying your cards aren't quality. 
at all. I, I've never seen them, but you, I guarantee you, you've got nines that are, that could be an eight tomorrow. You got tens that can be an eight tomorrow. You probably got some eights that can be a 10. It just depends what day you send them in. So, uh, but, but yeah, for people who are care about the PSA set registry more than the cards themselves, John Vito is a classic case or at least sort of classic on, on that. Do you have something to jump in with Dennis? No, no, no. I, I totally agree. I agree with you. Yeah. Everything you're Angel Baby says, as soon as a card rates a PSA 10, there it goes, never be seen again. And then all you see are the nines. But that, I don't know, Angel Baby, because we were just saying how a lot of people buy tens to resell them. So, I mean, I've been to several shows and I'm online all the time. I There's several PSA 10s available. Uh, if you're talking about like pop threes, you know, that kind of thing, then sure, those are going to go away for a long time. But that's a, very, a small minority of cards that, well, you know, it just depends of, of really depends. I can't, I can't just say that straight because there are probably lots of cards that are low pop, but are they cards that a lot of people collect uh, base cards from 1973 tops? Yes. People are collecting them. And that's why the Johnny Moore 86 Fleer card in a PSA 10 sells for tens of thousands of dollars because there's mm. only however many of them. Mosaic Mind says PSA has become the gold standard of grading, but they don't necessarily deserve it, but it is what it is. Well, that's just branding, and I, I, I call it the spell. We know that we're, we as a hobby are under the PSA spell, and they've done a great job to put us under that spell for sure. Collector's Dream said Beckett lost all vintage business. I think part of that might be because they were grading sheet cut cards, and they had a separate designated BVG was vintage for pre-1980. It's, it was just confusing. Facebook user says Beckett dropped when Beckett magazine became obsolete. I don't know that that's the case. Actually, I don't. I don't think that was the a tie-in. Um, I don't think that was a tie-in at all. Personally, Angel Baby, unless you are doing a buy and hold on a particular card, Matt says I first learned the importance of buy the card, not the holder. When I was searching for my first Gaudi Babe Ruth, I obviously couldn't afford high grade. It forced me to educate my eye. Yeah, that's that's key, and that that's what I encourage everybody to do. You can find fives that are a lot nicer than sevens for a card from 1975. Like that right. is a, that is a regular occurrence. And I'm not saying the technical grades are wrong, but eye appeal is really important. I'm just going to go off on a, a little tangent here, Dennis, you mm -hmm. know, when, when is a low grade welcome into my collection or a lower grade? And I'm not a high grade snob. I'm not, but I don't mind a low grade card where the front presents like say a seven, maybe it's a 52 tops. The front presents like a seven, but maybe the back has a little bit of paper loss. Like it got scraped off on the back. I'm okay with that. It's on the back and the front would look super beautiful or a thumbtack through the top of a Mickey mantle on the border, a little thumbtack, but otherwise it presents like an eight, but it's now gotta be a one. Cause that's a standard for thumbtack. Give me that card all day long. You are more than welcome into my collection. High grade off center. I mean, PSA allows 60, 40 centering on the front for a PSA 10. I personally think that is very loose because 6040, you look at it like, how is that a 10? It's supposed to be gem mint. It's supposed, some people think that a PSA 10 is supposed to be a perfect card. It just isn't a perfect, it, some are, some will be perfect. Some will be BGS 10 black label worthy. And some are, could be sevens on, on a bad day uh, if the graders yeah. having a bad day. So, right. you know, um, so high grade off center, I would be just, you know, that's if you want that. 
but you know, and then there's the whole thing. Well, maybe off center is going to become more and more interesting as time goes by because people are paranoid on the whole trimming scandal and all that and thinking every center card is trimmed. So maybe go off center. That's why I like the 84 Fleer Michael Jordan number 101. I, I only want that card off center. If it's not off center, I don't think it's real. So, or, or it's been altered. Well, yeah, think about that. You think about what you just said out loud. I mean, I think there's going to be some cards where people are a little suspect when it looks too nice, right? You start getting that's crept in everybody's everybody's psyche now, where it's already probably been there for years and years and years, and it's been basically refreshed and renewed. Um, I also think that, you know, it depends on... I, I think it's really cool to me. I think it's really... It, it comes down to the card. Now, if the card is a rare card of an of a, of important player like I said earlier, that you'd never see come to market, then you're going to be a little less concerned about the grade. You're going to be more concerned, or the, even the holder. You're going to be more concerned about the card itself. And I think you kind of need to educate yourself, which is hard to do, on the contention, all the different sensibilities of that card, um, different condition issues that, that that particular set might have had, that particular year they might have had with that particular brand. I mean, you, you get the minutia that goes into it is insane. And I think that you have to do a lot of legwork if you're going to spend, uh, you know, money on a card. And I think it's important to find people in the hobby that can help you and educate you in that and, and help you identify what those, uh, you know, what those things are to look for in that particular card. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I think that to me is kind of part of the fun. Because if it's as easy as just going in there, clicking the button, buy it now, or, or just trying to win an auction, you got to do the homework and find out, okay, on these, this particular brand, like, is this the card I'm buying? And just to get something that doesn't come to, to market often to me is the fun. It's the chase uh, as you're collecting because that's that's what makes it interesting. But it's not something I never ever would have thought of when I first got into the hobby. It would have just been get the highest grade you could possibly get because that's what you're going to be able to sell down the road. But now, you know, as we all evolve as collectors and our habits, we start to learn to do it differently. So and just regrow. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for thanks for the comments. I'm going to keep going through the chat here. Uh, SP says PSA overtook BGS when they properly leveraged the internet to price cards versus BGS still issuing magazines. I don't know what, I don't know what caused it exactly. I think, I think my recollection is that PSA was dominating vintage. And I think collectors just wanted to start putting modern and vintage modern cards in those PSA slabs. I know back in the day I did, I was putting my cards in PSA slabs my modern cards before a lot of people were. I was one of those early adopters of it for for modern cards. So, uh, but again, that's, I can only speak for myself there. Stukes Baseball Card says, I generally buy the card, then send it to a grading service for authenticity. Sometimes I get a pop one highest grade, which is a bonus. Sometimes the highest grade is authentic for a proof card. See, I like that approach a lot. That's a that's a classic example of someone using their their trained eye or their experienced eye looking at a raw card and saying this one i think is going to grade such a but you're looking at it raw you get the best look at a card when it's raw as well so then you can go ahead get it graded and see what comes back see if the grade received will make you happy matt here says bgs 10 versus black label versus psa 10 must be equivalent to me i simply don't believe the difference is possible to evaluate so i assign no premium to any of them so i understand the position matt but i do think that it there is a if the if the grading companies of PSA and BGS graded consistently, I do believe that there would be a difference that you could detect. I'm pretty certain of that because there are defects. 
And if you look at it closely and you count up the defects, you measure them, you do all these calculations, not that you're going to, but if you were to, you would be able to. Now, if you're just saying, you know, at, at, at arm's length, without a loop, without a microscope, without zooming in on your screen, I can't notice a difference with the naked eye. Hey, man, all the power to you're going to save a lot of money buying the cheap, buying the BGS 9.5 versus those other ones, which I think you could say, Matt, fits into that same sort of, uh, you know, the way you look at them and assess them. Uh, Moby One Kanob says, I buy the card and the grade. I don't see how it is ever just one or the other. Well, yeah, you are taking the whole unit. It's a unit. You know, you got the plastic, the paper, and the cardboard. You're buying that whole unit. So I certainly hear that comment from Moby One Kanob. But the fact is, is that some people don't look at the card. They just look at the holder. So that's what we call buying the car, the grade. If you're, if you are somebody who picks up a slab at a card show, inspects the card, looks at the grade as some guidance, but doesn't rely on it. And then uses your own judgment to say, number one, is the card appropriately graded by the grading company? In my opinion, is it high or low? If it's graded low, you got yourself a buy, you got a deal. If it's graded high, you back off. So it's, it's not one or the other, but yet if you just look at it super high level, yeah, you're buying the unit, but that's not what this episode is about. Well, I think it's, you got to also keep in mind how most people do not know how to review a card for the grade, to review it for any possible trimming. It's really hard to do. Most folks don't know how to do that. So a lot of them are going to be trusting the grader and the grading company that they got that right. Unless it's something blatant or you have a real good friend in the hobby that has a real good eye for it, you're trusting the ho- you're trusting that grading company in that grade. And you can do all the research you want. If you can't, and of course, if you're buying online, how do you look at the card from, you know, how do you, they don't have a very good image of the card. How are you really going to inspect that card until you get it in your hands anyway? Right, exactly. So and that's, what, and that's why grading came about in the first place, right? Was to, give people comfort, know, get that third party opinion instead of the seller's uh, story on what condition the card is in. Mosaic Mind said, is it card collectors that care about PSA slabs that drive their cachet? Or is it outside investors and the and the concomitant press hype, I don't know what that word means, uh, that drive the perceived value over of PSA over other slabs? It's marketing, it's branding. It was Kendrick Perskin saying, it's PSA or nothing for me. As a novice saying that, like, you know, that, that was, that, 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 that's going to haunt a lot of people who, who took that advice, I would think, uh, in the long run. Uh, yeah. Deep Value says the PSA spell. I like that. Rod Jamison, just wait till AI grading gets going. The game is about to change. I can verify that to be true. <laughs> uh, Chris C, how about just buying raw? I don't have to have every card in a slab unless it's an iconic card I want to be authenticated. That's fair, Chris. I mean, we are all entitled to our own approach. I like slabs on my cards. I think they frame the card nicely. They protect it nicely. I like the information at the top of the card. I like have I like knowing the grade when I can rely on it. So, but you don't have I like some raw cards too. So it really just comes down to everybody and and really what they want themselves, uh, in my opinion. God, you guys in the comments, out of control. But let's uh, let's start working backwards now. Mosaic says graders can make mistakes with grading, especially judging trimming. Trust me, we all know that. We all know that mosaic mind, uh, but but 100% true. You just have to understand the grading companies are human, except for tag and a bit of arena club and a bit of maybe one of the other ones that that, that 
uses some AI or some machine learning assistance or something like that. Yeah. But uh, that's definitely true. And uh, what did Matt say? That's exactly right, Jeremy. The grade is guidance and just part of the story. It's an important component because it establishes market guidelines for price, but it's not everything. It's especially not everything if the card is in if the card is in a, a, a gray, a slab where the grade is wrong. And we know, we know that there's been, there's been preferential treatment. We know that, that there's not consistency. We know that PSA just ramped up their grading staff by however many people during the backlog in a short period of time, there's no way they can grade consistently. It's just, they do their best. I like to think, I hope they do their best. I like to think they do their best but their best is not going to be consistent all the time. It just, it just, it's impossible, which is just, just the way it is. But that's what we, that's why we're having this discussion because we as a hobby, we as collectors, investors, hobbyists, you need to understand that not all nines are created equal, not all eights are created equal. So it's important to look at the card and not just say, well, I'm, you know, like that comment earlier where it's one and the same, it's not really one and the same unless you don't respect the money that you're putting into the cards because you can find real and the hobby is moving towards rewarding eye appeal. A PSA four can sell for more than a PSA five. Fact, fact. We can find all sorts of examples of that. I'm not. I don't know that a PSA nine will sell more for more than a ten of the same, especially a modern card because they're just created too much alike. Maybe the centering's mm-hmm. off, you know, half a millimeter or something, but. All right. Uh, Tom says, what does my son collect? Oh, my son, Grayson, he collects right now. I mean, pretty much whatever I have, I get some extra slabs. Um, We buy cards and packs together. He's a huge Julio fan because we got Julio here in town. He likes Ken Griffey Jr., obviously, because dad. And he's, you know, Junior's our guy over here in Seattle. So he's into Junior. He just loves baseball cards. He loves hockey because he's he's, uh, getting into hockey. So that's another that's another stuff that's something else he collects but he's he's five so he's not really you know we're not grading cards or anything like that we're having fun with it but that's that's where it starts and, and it kind of grows from there um it makes it fun i do think there as you keep evolving as a collector or someone in the space you start to i just it just it's almost like you can't unsee something after you you've seen it right you, you once you've learned something you cannot go back to that ignorance you, you learn it and you know it. And now it's like, well, I can never go back and do this again. And there's something interesting about that. Um, and I think there just needs to be more education on these types of subjects in the hobby for people that are out there. I think, I think there might be some people getting and taking advantage of in a way too. So you got to be very careful um, to you know, find those people that you can trust and lean on that know this hobby really well, that have been involved in it for many years because there's opportunities there to get, you know, if you're not watching or careful, you can get take, you know, not taken advantage of, but you could just make some, you know, decisions that that'll come back to haunt you. So I just think it's about growing and learning. And, and this, this topic and this conversation is so interesting to me because it, if you're, again, if you're going to spend a considerable amount of money on a card, I think they both matter, right? They, they do both matter. I don't know. It's hard for me to get away from that, Jeremy, especially when it's a big purchase. Oh yeah. Well, it, it, it does, it does, it does matter because of the spell that I spoke about earlier. And, and the fact that we have, we as collectors have given, oh, we have, we have handed over the responsibility of 
assessing the condition of a card, assessing our attraction to a card, handing that over to somebody that you don't even know, sitting in an office, spending 20 to 30 seconds looking at your card. That's what that's what it's come down to for, for a, lot of, a lot of people in the hobby. I've been guilty of it myself. I bought a card the other day. It was in a PS, it just arrived. I showed it on my Instagram today. I bought it. It's from 1998. It was graded a PSA 9. I trusted the grade. It arrived today. This is the card. It actually arrived yesterday. And when I got the card, Dennis, I was like, uh-oh, I saw like a little, I thought I saw a little scratch on the card right right here. But what did I do? I whipped out my my Meguiar's Scratch X 2.0. I put a dab on, on, the, uh, on the slab here, took a piece of paper towel with circular motion. I buffed out the slab and those... I was I was so thrilled to learn that those were on the slab, not on the card. But right. I was disappointed uh, that I saw that when I got the card because I didn't know about it when I bought it. But anyway, it wasn't an issue. All right. Carlos B. Good says, always buy numbered cards and on-card autos. Problem solved. Grading becomes irrelevant. Grading is basically to value, validate junk wax and overprinted modern cards like Young Guns. I just disagree with that comment, Carlos. I think that that's a very narrow outlook and and maybe that's what grading is for for you, but it's not what it's for for the whole hobby. That's that and listen, you're obviously everyone's entitled to use grading for whatever you want. I don't care what you use grading for. I don't care what your approach is. I'm interested in it, but I know what my approach is and um that's certainly not it. Tom Grant says I have a T3 Cobb that is a 2. I have a friend with a 5. My card is nicer. I've got four rounded corners and edge wear inside the border. My card is perfect. He has wear on Cobb and it's fading. Now the the technical grades based on the grading standards might be correct for the two and the five, but the two may still sell for more than the five because it's a nicer card and people are leaning towards that sort of, a lot of people are moving. There's a movement going on guys right now and we'll get to other movements that I think are coming. Uh, Angel Baby says PSA created a solid footprint at least 15 years ago, and now they are just too big to fail. Uh, they're a monster of a grader. We even we have to bow to the prices via PSA. I mean, um, if that's your approach, Angel Baby, I I mean, take the power back, man. Take the power back because you're a slave to the grade. You're a slave to the brand in that in that situation. Uh, U.S. says, do you think there would be a time when a grading company would come along and say centering has been overly weighted and just the and just grade the condition of the card, not the image placement? I don't think so. I think PSA did that for a while with their qualifiers, the OC and the MC qualifiers, but I don't think that will ever happen. Centering, centering has always been a consideration of condition, but it wasn't always the end-all be-all. Corners were the end-all be-all when I had my shop in the early 90s was all about corners back in those days not so much about centering skeppy says card grades really only matter to the card community when you share a card to the general public the grade is pretty much irrelevant they're interested in seeing a great card there's truth to that in my experience showing a card to somebody they want to see a great card they don't really they don't what is they say what does this mean at the top you know in the, the they don't care but they're also not the ones buying so their opinions are less important Right. on what the grade is and what that all means because we're the ones putting our heart and money into these things. Mosaic Mind here says there was a time that Yahoo looked unbeatable in tech. PSA can fail. They can be challenged. Oh, and they will be. They will be. There's no doubt about it. There's the, Disruption is coming, you people. Disruption is coming. 
Seam DS says, I buy vintage and use the grader to determine trimming issues on key cards, especially when card games is, notor- is notoriously OC. Um, yeah, I listen, I, I love that approach. Seam Dist, I just wonder what percent of the time do the grading companies actually, actually identify trimming accurately? When are, I mean, there's all sorts of false negatives. How many times are there false positives? We've seen false. You, how many? We, I know people. I've done it myself. You send a card in that you pulled yourself, or you saw. You know who pulled it, and it comes back evidence of trimming. Uh, you guys don't know what you're doing if you went when you when you do that. And but maybe they're just protecting themselves, and I guess err on the side of caution if you're a grading yeah. company. Right, right. And then Skeppy says, how do we know PSA hasn't integrated Genement into their systems? Nobody's even paid attention to that since PSA acquired it. Yeah, it was a fingerprinting technology is my understanding, not a grading technology. So I think they have, I think they are as far as fingerprinting the card to detect resubs. Resubmissions is a, is, resubmissions is a major revenue stream for PSA. So right, take that for what it is, right? It goes back to that pop report cannot be trusted. I mean, there's just too many. What I don't. What you said at the beginning, one of our earlier shows, twenty percent, maybe ten to twenty percent of that pop could be potentially, you know, potentially off just because of the the crack and resub, which is yeah, it's business for them. I don't know. The great it, it makes you want to just not grade your cards, right? It, it, it sometimes gets you down goes has you go down that path, but then you're like, well, wait. It literally creates a market for your card, and I think it's important to have it graded. So I don't know. I go back and forth on this all the time. Okay, there's a comment that that made me chuckle coming up here in a minute. Uh, Far From Pukin says, I don't get why people are so adamant about grading a one-of-one card. Yeah, great handle. Hey, names, man. It is the only card. And if it comes back at PSA 8 or lower, I feel that devalues it. Just put it in one touch if you want to protect it. So my comment on that is it's up to the owner. I've got one of ones that I would I, I would love to get graded because I want them, you know, maybe it's part of my Wayne Gretzky collection and I want it to sit with my other Wayne Gretzky cards that are graded. So I'm going to get it graded. And I don't, when it, when it comes back, I don't care what the grade is. You know, as long as it's not a one or a two and, you know, and I'm not going to grade it if it's going to be a four or lower, I've got a good enough eye to, cons- to, to ensure that. At the end of the day, I just want it in the slab to look good with my other slab cards. <laughs> the pop report is like your height and weight on your driver's license. It's true. It's true. That's awesome. US Tom Grant says, I just comment that big purchases should still be affordable for the buyer. It is all relative. If you are worried about the amount you're spending, simply pass. Family is way important. Yeah, I mean, that's that ties in more to the last episode uh, yeah. that we had, which is collecting versus investing. I And listen, let's, let's give that a, a revisit just because it's important. Yeah, don't spend your mortgage money on cards, you know, uh, unless... Yeah. Unless you have them pre-sold or something, but yeah, you need to be you need to be careful. But that's kind of for a different episode, I think. U.S. Sports yeah. Card says, "Do you think we will start seeing?" P- this is the one that had me chuckling. Do you think we will start seeing people grading the condition of the actual slab? <laughs> you just altered your slab, bro. I, I, you did it on live. You told us you did it live on air, so now you can't submit that one. Well, but the thing, this is actually it's it's a funny comment, but the truth of the matter is, if I'm buying a card and I receive it in the mail and the slab is all hacked up, I'm disappointed. I'm a little pissed off. I'm like, damn it. Now I gotta take it to the national with me. I gotta resubmit it. I gotta wait in line. I gotta pay them to put it in a new clean slab. Like I would have just waited for another copy. If it's a 
liquid enough card. So, right, right. but I, it's a, it's a chuckle worthy comment for sure from us sports cards. Thank you for being here. Jeff McMahon says McGuire's is a great product. Yes, it does really help. It will shine up your, your slabs guys. Uh, you don't want to, one thing about McGuire's uh, scratch X 2.0, this is an automobile product. Don't use it on your cards. Obviously go, go watch episode one of this show for that. Don't use it on your cards. Use it on your slabs. Use it on your one touches. It might even work on 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 uh, top loaders. But it's really important. Don't use it on a slab or or anything that has a crack in it. Because if this if this potion inside seeps through that crack over the years and touches your card, you're screwed. So make sure that your slab is intact before you use this stuff or really any slab cleaner um, on it. So I see a sponsorship coming our way. So when I, I started talking about this product on sports cards live, like three years ago, Dennis, I sent them an email. I said, listen, I'm going to talk about this a lot. You know, do you want to send me a bottle? They said, we don't do any of that kind of stuff. They weren't, they weren't interested in selling an extra two dozen bottles a year of that stuff. So, (laughs) uh, all right. Uh, well, what's this one? Yeah, Mosaic Mind asks the same thing. Will slabs themselves be graded? I don't know, but what should happen is when you are selling a card on whether you're whether whether you are an auction house or whether you are uh, you know an eBay where you where the where the where the eBay customer sells the cards themselves, mm-hmm. you should you should disclose if your slab is damaged or all mucked up on the surface or buy yourself some of this stuff and use it before you ship the card out as long as there's no cracks in the slab, uh, of course, again, so. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Professor says, gentlemen is a scanning capability only, not AI, in my opinion. And in conversing with the professor, uh, he reads all these, uh, all the patent uh, applications and, and all the patents themselves. And so he's not talking out of his behind there, I don't think. Uh, Jordan Hudson, why would they try and stop the same card being graded more than once? Exactly. It's exactly that brings in the question of, you know, just pop control quotas on grading. I've heard all sorts of stories from X graders about these things. And, you know, so, yeah, you just you, it, it's when you get a grade you're not happy with, you think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll break it out. I'll send it. And I'll get another grader on another day. Maybe I'll get a better grade. Uh, Vintage Card Collector had a really good question here. Since modern players have so many one-of-ones, could the condition grade matter more in the future? People might want one-of-ones that are nines and tens as they become less and less rare. That is a very good point. As a person who has at least one, I have one one one-of-one, my my Kobe, but it was an 05 Finest White Super Fractor, PSA 6. And there was a question earlier or a comment earlier about um, why grade it if it's a one-of-one? What's the point? It almost devalues it. I don't know if I agree with that. I think maybe it would, I think it ties in. I agree with it in a modern sense. I do think there's a point being made here. It may matter because there are so many one of ones, the higher grade one of ones probably going to carry more value. Um, but in the, you're talking about nineties, one of the ones and some of these early finest one of ones, probably not. It's depending, especially if it's a, the only one of this, like I, I believe mine's the only white super fractor of Kobe. Um, that's, that matters, right? So PSA six doesn't matter as much, but I mean, I can't tell why it's PSA six. I look at it and I'm like, I don't see it. If it's a surface issue, how am I going to find that without a loop? It, it grading is just, it's, it's a very, that's an, but that's an interesting question. I, 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 or comment. I think it does 
I think that 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 might matter. I think one of ones being graded might be a thing. Agreed. I I think so too. I I understand the the comments that and the people have been making the why grade a one one comment for a few years now. Again, if I want to grade my one one, like you can you can shake your head at me, but I mean, I don't care what you think. I'm going to grade it because I want to. I think we should all proceed in the hobby in that sort of fashion. Do what works for you. We all approach this hobby differently. And um, while I always ask people, I, when I set up a card show, one of the first questions I ask people is, if I don't know, so how do you approach it? What are you doing here? What do you collect? You know, How do you approach the hobby? I want to learn a, a bit about them because I find it interesting. I'm not going to criticize how they, how they do it, but I might want to share some experience with them, maybe open up their eyes to another way of looking at it. If they're an open-minded person, they'll be... They'll be open to hearing another way, and maybe maybe I can help them become a more advanced collector if if I consider myself to be one. So, right. All right. Let's. Lots of great comments, you guys. Keep them coming. Giamaz says my criteria from most important down to least in terms of eye I is in terms of eye appeal. I believe is corners, then registration, then centering, then surface, then edges. I don't mind that order. I have registration at the top. I don't want a card with a blurry picture. That's just, that's out of the, I don't care if the, if it's a gem mint otherwise, but I go registration, centering, and then it's corners and edges uh, for me. JP in the house says, I've used white toothpaste with great success on cleaning up my, my slabs. Gabby guy, also far from Pukin says, in the game ultimate, which was a, a slabbed product that came out. Uh, we're all graded by BGS and I see people crack them open because they hate slabs. Blasphemy. Well, Kurt, I broke a couple cards out of, out of those slabs back in the day. And then I got into collecting them pretty heavily and I regretted doing it. But, uh, but anyway, again, collect, collect how you want, collect how you want. MDC cards plus says only way I would grade a card is for selling purposes. Otherwise I won't spend a single penny on grading. You're not alone. MDC. A lot of people, a lot of people don't want to grade because they 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 think it's a bit of a sham. I won't say scam because I think the grading companies are providing a valuable service, always have, and to the extent that they're not giving preferential treatment or being corrupt at all, I think they do the best job that they can under the circumstances. Even the even the newly trained staff in PSA's new facility, I think they're doing the best they can. But if they got dumped last night or they're hung over, you know, you just, we just don't know. They're human and that's the bottom line. Angel Baby said, excellent point to seal one of my one touch cases just last, last week. Jordan's electric court is now just a display case. Not sure I really followed that, but thank you for the comment, Angel Baby. Um, all right, gosh, you guys are on fire here. So I, I, uh, and we certainly do appreciate la collection in the house what is going on sweet, lance sweet says Canadian friend <laughs> lance says is grading a racket listen i don't think it's a racket you guys grading is a third party opinion on the condition we might confuse that with being a racket because it's just inconsistent and it always has been you know i and they're not perfect. They don't detect trimming all the time. They let they let trim cards through on a regular basis. It's just the it's just the fact of the matter. So it's not a racket. It's not a scam. Some people think it's a sham, but I don't think it's a racket nor nor a scam. I really don't. Were you gonna jump in, Dennis? I just say it sounds like we need an AI grading company to kind of step in and help us. Uh... 
Well, listen, I mean, I don't, I, we're not, we're not, I'm not here to, to, uh, <laughs> to, prom- other than wearing the shirt, I'm not here to uh, lay on tag thick on everybody, but check it out if you're interested. I mean, tag is AI grading. It's machine learning grading. It is, it's anyway, there's, there's a lot, there's lots of information out there on tag and, uh, and it's going to, de- it's definitely got everybody's attention at the at the human grading companies like i think it i think and i think it's important for you to talk about it i don't don't think it matters that you're affiliated i think it's important to hear that when we're having this conversation because this conversation i think almost every comment we've made the inconsistency of the human grader has come up every single every well that's why tag what was conceived in the first place was to was to bring consistency and reproducibility to grading now as has been said PSA is a behemoth of a company and a brand in, in our in our in our hobby. So for Tag to come in and like take market share, it's going to be challenging because people are going to have to really um, take a leap of faith as far as secondary market value goes. Everyone, well, people will say all that matters is secondary market value. Sure, until until the collector says. I don't want my PSA 10 to actually be an eight because it was submitted by this preferred customer or, or I don't want my, you know, I don't want my, my PSA. It's like, if you can, if you can submit a card three different times, the same card and get three different grades. I mean, shouldn't they get it right the first time? I don't want to pay twice to get my card graded, right? So what tag is doing is bring it's doing, it's bringing consistent grading. You, you will not get a different grade the next time you get your card graded. It's going to be the same every time. So if you really, if you want to buy, a, if you want to test it, you know, sit, buy a PSA 9, crack it out, send it to TAG. People have been doing that. See what it grades. You're going to know that it wasn't PSA 9 worthy. And what TAG isn't a harder grader than the incumbent grading companies. It's simply taking existing standards and applying technology to it. It's not trying to recreate the grading standards. So... I could go on and on, but again, I don't want to turn this into a, an infomercial for tag. I'll get, I'll get criticized, uh, up the Wahoo if I, if I do that anymore. So I'm going to move on. Michael Stone. Good evening to you. Nice to see you here. Um, oh, wow. You guys are, you guys, as I said, are on fire. U.S. says, if you want to grade one of your one of one, go for it. Tell them they can keep the other copy of this one raw for themselves. Okay, fair enough. Angel Baby, yes, there was a lawsuit back in, say, 1995. Fleer was forced by Adidas to trim their own card, re-release it. Not sure what that's about, but thanks for the comment, Angel Baby. Tom Grant says, just remember that card grading only came about because two coin guys saw an opportunity to replicate what they did in coins. Um, But that might be why, that might be how the idea was conceived, but that doesn't happen if the internet doesn't come along and and the global marketplace opens up just remember that as well mosaic mind says grading is great because it drives up value and we have to give if you want or you can critique it but the grading companies have done a lot to prop up this industry i didn't use the word hobby i used the word industry there because it is an industry like it or not guys the hobby is a business like it or not but it's a hobby as well it can be all those things those things are not mutually exclusive um, unless you put yourself into a, a vacuum there the way you approach it uh, but it definitely has flaws in the grading process. You think? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. It does mosaic mind. Uh, vintage card collector says something I don't hear talked about is I think grading is fun, especially vintage. My heart races when my grades pop to see what I get. 
Yeah, because you don't know what you're going to get. Because it could be a 7 today. It could be an 8 tomorrow and an 8.5 the next day. It's a game of spin the wheel, uh, human grading for the most part. Mike Petty says, when is TAG going to learn? Vintage TAG will be going back to 1989 by the end of the year is what I've most recently been uh, advised. And then going back from there. Can't tell you that, that TAG will ever get back to 1910. I just don't know. Uh, Angel Baby says, uh-oh. Hello. Yeah, HGA is not... Uh, yeah, just inform yourself, Angel Baby. HGA is... Uh, HGA actually ruined it for... They, they, they made it extra challenging, but in a way, it's a blessing in disguise. It's going to force companies... Well, it's going to force TAG to really do things right. And I can tell you, TAG does things right. Um, anyway, that's my opinion. Far From Pukin spends way too much money on cards. I don't like the newer high-end grading. Remember how they changed one price for grading? Now it's based on card value and they sock it to you. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. It doesn't take any longer to grade a card worth $1,000 than it does a card worth a million dollars, but they charge you for it. So that's what it is. Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate that, buddy. Good to see you. Angel Baby, thanks for dropping in. We'll see you later. Professor says, uh, PWCC will not let me list my tag graded cards, but I'm working on it. Pre-Fanatics acquisition. Tag cards are on Fanatics Marketplace already. I I, I have to think that they will be on uh on PWCC by the end of the year for sure, I, I believe. Loco, am I the t- I am not the tallest collector in the hobby. There's a couple. There's a guy called Frankenstein. There's a guy called 610 Sports Cards. Those guys are both taller than me, but yeah, I'm six and a half feet tall myself. Jerry Hotch says, been collecting for close to 40 years, perfectly happy without any graded cards in my collection. And keep it up, Jerry, keep it up. No one's forcing anyone to get cards graded. 90 says, I never... I never thought about grading my cards before I heard about TAG. I'm just waiting for them to accept 90s cards. That's the thing. But one thing about TAG is that TAG doesn't need, for success, doesn't need to get business from PSA and Beckett and the other grading companies. There's enough people that have been waiting for something like this. So um, TAG's going to be successful uh, regardless, in my opinion. Michael Stone says, authentication, protection, and value should be the reasons you grade. And in that order. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, I think I think the other one is just enjoyment. If you enjoy your card in a slab, I would put that as number one for me. Because a lot of cards I don't need authenticated. I pulled it myself. I can tell myself. That's for me. A lot of other people can't. So for them, authentication is light. For the for the brand new person in the hobby, right? I mean the dentist, the brand not not you. You're in for four years already. The brand new person who's never held a an Opeachy right. 1979 Gretzky card before or any base card, then yeah, authentication number one. But I don't think authentication has to be number one for a lot of people, but I'm not disagreeing with that comment. Go Let's ahead, do Dennis. this. I want to dive in. You brought up the 79 Gretzky, and that, that was a really, that's one of the first times I ever talked to you. We, we met kind of through that card, and I was searching for, uh, at the time, I'll just be honest, I was searching for uh, an 89, 89 tops, uh, 79 tops version of that Wayne Gretzky card. And I had a conversation with Jeremy about, hey, what do I look for in this card to find the best PSA 8 I can afford? Now, there's variance in price between different PSA 8s because of I appeal, the registration of the card. And he brought up a lot of very interesting things, like I said earlier, about that particular card, that particular set to look for. And what would what would be you know the things that would make the card stand out better and maybe be a higher version of an 8? PWCC has the I appeal tag they add to cards, which I think is pretty cool because 
it does you do see the price difference in those cards because you're seeing the difference between a PSA 8 that just barely made it and a PSA 8 that's man it could be a PSA 9 or a BGS 8 that could be a BGS 9 I mean you use any grader or any grading company um I found that lesson in understanding what to look for it was fascinating to me it opened my eyes to really look and that's why I went through all the different especially when you have a card that's a bit more available like the PSA 8 you can go through and go, okay, this PSA definitely doesn't make the cut. Wow, this is off-centered. Oh, the blue line's kind of coming over. It's, there's a little bit of white here. The little oil drop on the oiler on the logo is is not right in where it needs to be. little silly there. Even we talked about the the, the, the Lemieux Opeachy, um, PSA 9. There were so many differences, and you pay for. So basically, when you're buying some of these cards that have a little bit higher pop, you almost have to sometimes, don't fool yourself into thinking, just say, like, I'll use the 79 79 Gretzky tops PSA 8 I think there's like 1200 almost 1300 of those in PSA PSA 8 um you wonder okay out of those 1200 if you find a really 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 nice one that looks like it could be a nine for all intents and purposes it's almost like yeah you have a card there's 1200 of but you have a the, one of the better versions of that particular grade in that card I think the nuance there to me is is fascinating and it allows you to really learn more about cards in general and appreciating the card is almost a piece of art, right? Because there's all these different prints, but this one was just right on the money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, you make a good point. And, and it, it comes, it, you started that off by talking about the PWCC I appeal designation. It's the same thing with the Mike Baker stickers. It's also the same thing as someone coming to me at the Sport Card Expo and saying, what do you think about this eight? People do that with me all the time because I've got an eye for cards. At least I think I do, and people trust my eye. So I'll say, you know what? This is a weak eight, or it's a strong eight, or it's an average eight, whatever it is. There is not all eights are the same. People, we, we see people making fun of, you know, grading the grader. You need to grade the grader. Why do you think companies have internal audit, uh, internal audit departments? Why do you think external auditors have their internal, have their quality assurance divisions to go make sure that their auditors are doing the work right it's not it's it's not so far-fetched it's not it's 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 actually i think a very valuable service if they're doing it consistently and they're doing it well that's mm -hmm. those are my i'm not saying you need three extra stickers on your slab but <laughs> if you trust that designator then i think you um i, I think that uh, that it's a it's a worthwhile service and and it should be at least i look at it as okay this is strong for the grade that's what Mike Baker thinks, or that's what PWCC thinks, or that's what Jeremy Lee thinks if you take him the card to look at. But now you're not going to get charged any extra for it because nobody cares what Jeremy Lee thinks about the card. So well, Mosaic Mind here says, one way PSA could be toppled, AI could do a photo microanalysis of random selection of slabs from different grading companies and see which grades they have the highest objective consistency. Yeah, Mosaic. Um, yeah, yeah. Very, very astute comment. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, vintage card collector here says vintage at PSA is moving very slowly, taking way longer. So when people say all cards are looked at for a minute or less, I don't buy it. Yeah, I, I think you're missing it there, vintage. I think I think you're just missing it. I'm not saying they're all great. I think you get you get a, a five-figure card and up. They're maybe spending a minute on it. And again, I don't know. I'm not there, but people have done the math. People have looked at how many how many graders they have, how many hours there are in a day, and how many cards. All I got is look at gem rate to find out how many cards are grading. So Far From Pukin says, do you personally value a BGS 9 grade higher or lower than a PSA 10? 
Well, this question is not as cut and dry. A lot of people say, oh, the PSA 10 all day. Well, yeah, that's what the market's going to tell you. But personal value, let me, I got to see the cards. Which one's nicer? Which one's in better condition? They're both gem mint. So there's a there could be a, a range. I'm not saying it's going to be super wide, but there's going to be a range of conditions within both of those. So right. uh, Chris, I think Chris here says, sellers want PSA 5 price for a PSA 5. Sellers also want PSA 5 price for the price for the PSA 3 because it's undergraded. looks like a 5. Who wins? The card, the grade is only one factor in the price. Now it's the biggest factor bar none. I get that, but don't just be a slave to it. Like open your eyes, look at the card, decide, is this actually a six? In many cases, it probably is because PSA sometimes just grades harder. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they grade easier. Beckett does the same thing or has done the same thing in the past. It's just Tom Grant says, how does 50% of PWCC auction cards have a top 15% sticker? goes on to say and how do they validate they have seen 100% of the cards that make up the top 15 so no they don't that's not what it says tom if you look at the 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 details what their stickers mean are the top 15% of the copies that they have seen not the whole population i think they make that very clear and when i cover their auctions their premier auction one thursday a month i explain that every time i talk about a card that has a pwcc i appeal sticker on it um, but how do they have that? Uh, maybe that's what people are selling. Maybe they give them out too generously. I covered, I talked about two hockey cards on Sunday night. One was a PSA 2 Jean Beliveau Parkhurst from 1953. I said, holy crap. I said, PWCC gave it a, th- their 30% IPL. I said, this thing is the nicest one I've ever seen. How did it not get the top 15%? And then there was an SGC 8.5 Mario Lemieux rookie that they had a, a top 30% on as well. I looked at the back of the card. You know, like the corner was missing. They missed it. They, they're not going to be perfect every time. In one case, I thought they under eye appealed it. In the other case, they over eye appealed it. So you, no matter what, grading company or second opinion sticker company, you have to look at the card yourself. Don't just trust it unless you're... And hey, I break this rule myself. I did buying this card the other day. It was the 96. They were produced better. I wasn't so concerned about it, but all right. You know, here's the thing, Jeremy. If we can't talk about this, what are we going to talk about? I think this has been a a conversation as old as the age of time. I mean, we, from when I was a kid, it was all about, it was all about condition of the card, mint near mint. Obviously there wasn't grading in late eighties, early, early nineties. We, we saw, you know, PSA jump in, but, um, it wasn't something you thought about, but it was the condition of the car has always been something that we talked about buying the card for the grade, the condition that's always been, it's been probably manipulated since the beginning of time. And it's always going to be a topic of conversation. It's, there's going to always be disagreement dissent from like each one another and our opinions. Um, like you, you got Tom Grant talking about anybody has a sticker on that. I have a sticker. I have a black Mike label, uh, black Mike, uh, Mike Baker black label sticker. I didn't buy the card for the sticker at all because it's a, it's out of 100, you know, 90, I think it's a 98 atomic a refractor Ken Griffey Jr. Um, uh, Bowman's vest. It's, it's a very important card in his, for him. And it's out of a hundred in the PSA 10. And that's all I needed. And I felt like the card looked really good. I can't tell whether it's a top level card. It, it, I mean, there's people I know that just ripped the sticker off, but I think it's kind of cool. I think it's interesting. I, I don't think I want someone boycotting my card now. And if that's the case, I'll just rip the sticker off. 
So yeah. what's the point of that? You know, I'll just rip the sticker off. Um, I, but I think all the conversation is great. I think the fact that we go back and forth and, you know, have argue, you know, debates about whether the card is a good, you know, the graders are good graders or this card is really a good eight or look at the corner here. I disagree with you. That's, that, that's the hobby, man. That's if I've learned anything about collecting and not so much about the investing and all that kind of stuff, but just more of like just enjoying the hobby and collecting and having fun. This like back and forth with everybody and how they talk about the grades and who grades what and what cards were. That is to me fun. If that went away, I don't, it'd be boring, man. We'd all be sitting in, around and go, okay, what do we talk about? So this is yeah. just an endless conversation that will never end. Yeah, and there's so many different views and and, and that's fine. Uh, Wiz Collectible says, uh, I don't know what the point was, but great point. Dennis, the knowledge Jeremy has shared with us many times regarding the Gretzky rookie card has been a tool that helps me determine what cards I do don't purchase now. Uh, well, so maybe people do care about the Jeremy Lee sticker and maybe I should start putting them on cards. Thank you, Wiz Collectible. Hockey cards, hockey cards, like 80s, 80s OPG for sure. Well, you should see my collection. I cover all sports. Pretty, pretty broad. Well, I know actually. you do, but I, I, I look, <laughs> you, you definitely understand uh, that that segment. You're the go. Tom Grant guy. says, sorry, Tom Grant says people should boycott any card with Mike's sticker. I mean, listen, that that's a that's a. I, I don't I don't know that I can get behind that comment because you'd be leaving some nice cards. Now, first of all, if you care about Mike's history or you know about or you're even informed then make a decision you know there's lots of companies and things that can be boycotted if you're if you're that kind of a if you're the boycott type person and hey, there's there are certainly are causes worthy of boycotting uh but i wouldn't just boycott a card because it had because mike baker had his hands on it especially if it's a card that you really want and you love the looks of it um i don't see the point in that but if you want to make a point tom grant then hey all the power to you 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 have that power uh, as as a as a as a free person. Uh, Mosaic Mind says PSA has market capture because there is a perception that their grades are the best grades. Do they have the best grades? The best graders? That's arguable. I I think SGC has a better reputation as a grading company actually, but they don't have the secondary market that values that PSA does. But again, these things have changed before and they will change again. Believe it or not. Um, I now listen, I can't tell the future, but that's what I think anyway. Mike Petty says PWCC puts the stickers on their own inventory. It's the in-house conserved sticker, in my humble opinion. Um, I, I don't know about that. Uh, and I have, I, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I've had some conversations that make me uh, believe that they do take that approach very seriously and they don't just hand them out willy nilly, but. Who knows? Just like a grading company, I'm sure they're not perfect all the time and uh, and they're not able to be 100% consistent because they are human as well. Michael Stone says, uh, you might be right about PSA, but I think they are the top because they sell for the most. That's not why they're top, Michael. That's why they get the most bid. That's why they're the, depends how you define top. That's why they're the top of the gem rate uh, update every day and every week and every month because they sell for the most. That, that, that's the only reason. Not because they're the best at what they do or the most consistent. I think they're probably not the best at what they do or the most consistent. US sports cards, one thing I really like about grading is it equals the balance of information between new buyers and experienced sellers. Uh, yes, but not completely. Not completely because not, again, there are eights and seven holders and sevens and eights and eights and tens and nines and sevens and so on and so on. So it doesn't, but... it doesn't balance it completely but it helps for sure. 
I think it helps, but it also teaches you to learn why there's eights and sevens and sevens and eights and understand the, the, the spectrum on an eight and a spectrum on a seven. It just, it forces you to learn that. So I think it evens it. I mean, cause if you didn't have that, I don't know. It would be it very important. It doesn't even it because here, I'll tell you why it doesn't even it because you can be a novice seller with a PSA eight Ken Griffey, uh, no Cal Ripken Jr. Rookie card in a slab. And that card might be undergraded. Now an experienced collector can come up, examine it, and this is going. This is how people made a living doing this. So it doesn't balance it out. It it it, it does not. But mm. that experienced buyer can come up. The more experienced eye look at the card, say, "No, this is undergraded. I'm going to take this off you." What's it? What are eights going for? Hundred bucks? I'll give you ninety. Good, good. Now I'm going to go break it out, submit it. Comes back at uh, higher than an eight, and I just made money. It doesn't balance it out completely, but it certainly helps because not every card is inaccurately graded just like not every card is accurately okay well, let graded. me ask you this question then how many what one percentage of the hobby do you believe are, are able to eyeball a card like that and take advantage of that that albatross opportunity more and more every day as this becomes talked about and all that but what percentage today i have no idea there's a lot of new entrants in the hobby recently but there's a lot of x there's a lot of experienced collectors in the hobby too what i thought you were going to ask me was what percent of cards do i think are accurately graded my 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 answer to that 50 percent. you got a 50 50 chance of getting wow. the right grade on your card with with uh the four with with, with psa beckett and sgc that's my opinion okay and so you take 50 percent. do you think do you say out of that 50 percent, are they overgrading or undergrading both both okay. they're doing both yeah but i think i hmm. i it depends on the season of the grading it just depends on what the when they needed to drum up more business let's loosen it up a little bit people when oh too many no more tens today like we've heard Hot some pretty controls. reliable you, stories you, you think that these these grading companies are consciously watching pops on certain cards yes oh for sure they are 100 they are 100 they are hmm. yeah yeah not all cards some aren't worth it but the 93 jeter yeah the the Wayne Gret the 79 Gretzky, yeah. The Topps Trout, the Topps Mike Trout update, yeah. I mean, on key cards, 100% guaranteed they are. I got that. Anyway, listen, I can't guarantee it. I don't work at those companies, so I say 100% somewhat frivolously there. I admit it, but I am proceeding after 42 years in this hobby. I am proceeding under that assumption. You're taking... And, and I'm sort of okay with it. Like, I don't love it, but I look at my cards. I look at... When I'm... When I can look at a card in hand, I'm going to assess it myself. I do buy cards remotely that I can't assess. So I'm taking a leap of faith that it's one of those 50% time. It's, it's the one, it's, it's the, it's the, the 50% that they got it right. Or they undergraded it. Please sell me all your undergraded cards, people. Happy to buy them from you, you know? Uh, Mosaic Mind here says PSA's high volume grading throughput could be degrading their grading quality. PSA is favoring quantity over quality. I mean, I, I could just, yeah, like there's, um, yes, Mosaic Mind, yes. Whoa, you guys are killing it tonight. No kidding. Wow. 100% agree. Rage 508 cards, 1980 tops, uh, Ricky Henderson. Yeah, I mean, I, I that pop is pretty low. I know that set has a lot of issues, but that it might be protected a bit there. You never know. Yeah. 
Bobby Burrell here says buying raw is generally priced one grade below the agreed graded condition price food for thought. I think that makes sense. Like I'm not going to, I love it when you, you know, you go to a booth at a card show and they go, well, it's going to grade an eight. So I want X amount. I'm like, but it's not an eight because how do I know that the grading company is going to give it a seven? Cause that's what you're going to get that day. It might get a nine, but I'm not paying you for an eight unless it's in that eight holder. I'm not paying eight prices unless it's in that holder and I agree with the grade. Otherwise, I'm paying you less for sure because grading takes time and it costs money. So, um, and Bobby's comment that it's one grade below, I never, I haven't ever thought of it to that degree, but that does make sense because there are big drops in prices, you know, depending on, you know, if a PSA 10 is worth a hundred bucks, it's not that significant, but if a PSA 10 is worth 10,000, it's more significant that one grade as you make your way down the grading scale. Michael Stone says, you think all grading companies are looking at pop reports or just PSA? I mean, that's a great question, Michael Stone. I don't know. I I think, I I don't know the answer, but I I, I personally think PSA does. And I mean, I don't don't know why. I don't think it's, well, I do know why, but I, I wouldn't run my business that way. Right, right. Brett S says that percent is an indictment on grading companies. Imagine a surgeon or an air traffic controller being correct 50% of the time, different stakes I know, but they are charging for a service. Yeah, it's unregulated. Unlike both, unlike both uh, uh, professions that you just listed there, Brett, it's unregulated. It's a hobby. Uh, it, people don't really care. Like it's, it's, it's baseball cards. It's a kid's, it's a kid's hobby. You know, that's, that's a, a bunch of it there. So, um, but yeah, that's those. That is my uh, that is my assessment of of the landscape of of it, and I and I'll stick to that. Um, U.S. sports cards. Do you think Fanatics employees should be able to bid on graded cards listed on PWCC auctions? Listen, unpopular unpopular take, but yeah, of course they should. Uh, are they working in the office of PWCC? I mean, if they're if they're working on in that division, it's like it's like saying should should. Johnson and Johnson's employees be able to buy their toothpaste. I mean, it's not the same thing I get. I know it's completely different because who cares about toothpaste? But like, you know, it's it's PWCC does not allow their employees to buy cards on their platform. So PWCC is not going to be fanatics. It's going, I, I can't say this definitively, but let me, let me rephrase. If PWCC is a subsidiary, of, of Fanatics Holding Company, which has Fanatics Collectibles as a subsidiary, PointsBet as a subsidiary, and all their other subsidiaries, then yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna join the the rest of the content creators that are gonna hammer on them for that because I don't think it's gonna be a conflict if somebody at, at if somebody working at a lid store in Montana is buying a graded card from the PWCC website, I think that's ridiculous to go after them for that. But I know some people will go after that. No, I, I don't think I, I'm one of them. I don't think you should be. I think it's a conflict. I think if you work there, I think there's there needs to be a separation there. And I think because we have too many of there's there's another topic um, that the opportunity to misbehave there is, is is I don't know. I don't like it. Me as a consumer. I don't like that. Fair. Taking stock. Taking stock. MDC says, thank you so much for these episodes of Taking Stock. All topics have been very fascinating, very informative so far. Thank you. Thank you for the nice feedback, MDC Cards Plus. Mosaic Mind says, all grading companies, sorry, all grading should be 100% independent of pop reports. Anything less is compromised grading. 
Yeah, bingo. Yeah, 100%. It should also be it should also be independent of who sent the card in, when the card was sent in, and who graded the card at the grading company, but that's too much to hope for. So, as collectors, investors, participants, buyers of sports cards in our hobby, you have to know you have to know the the game you're playing. And that's what we're doing here on taking stock. We're we're letting you know the game you're playing and leave this episode with more inform if you didn't already know this because i know we have a lot of experienced experts in here leave this episode feeling more confident about your purchasing decisions that's what this is about we're trying to do a service here by by having these discussions on this on taking stock right that's right uh michael stone i 100 percent agree with uh, PSA looking at a pop reports. I just don't think the other grading companies have high enough pop reports to worry about them. Yeah, Michael, I was hesitating on that question earlier, uh, kind of because of that. And just, you look at gem rate and, you know, PSA grades like 1 million cards a month and everyone else combined is like 150,000 or something. So it's, I don't think it's as important for the other companies, but they, sh- but they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't look at the pop reports and worry. Well, we're already at a gem rate of this, or there's already 50 of these we can't add another one what do you mean you can't it's not up to you to add it grade the darn card as it deserves to be graded on its own merits exclusive from every other card that's ever been graded you know once you understand your standards j and j is not kurt Schilling toothpaste no of course not mike i know i know that was a horrible analogy but i was just trying to make the point uh, Wiz Collectibles, it is more likely the grading companies are controlling how many gem mint grades they give out, or is it card companies themselves? People would buy less packs if every card was gem mint out of the pack. Yeah, I agree with that last bit, um, but I don't think it's, I don't think the card, listen, I actually, I don't know if card companies want cards to come out in poor condition or in less no. than gem condition. No. I don't think they'd want that because they have, they have to field complaints and that uses resources to deal with it. But I definitely think that I do think that there is pop control. I think that there's I'm I'm like certain of it at this point. Well, I, I mean, just, I mean, I think with certain cards, you yeah, know, but that but yeah, but there is really put your you can really put your tinfoil hat on. OK, is it because is there is there money involved here? I mean, if you think about the owners of some of these cards, let's use the 79 Gretzky because there's like what, two? one or two 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 opg two. two tops tens yeah. why why is there only two well there's nines that are nicer than the tens so why pop control it's it's simple it's 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 i don't know why they're control why they want to control that because why maybe, would they want to why would they only well, want two of because them? somebody spends 3.75 million dollars on a psa 10 opg gretzky and they get all sorts of headlines for that right that that makes the news across the north across canada and the united states and then there's a third one. Well, if that one sells, maybe that's going to sell for $2 million. It, 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 okay, it's yeah. watering down the market. It's added 50% to the pop, only one card, but you see what I'm saying. And it. now the next headline is, oh, PSA cards are coming down in value. That's a pretty good reason to pop control. Save yeah, your makes, brand. That makes sense. That makes sense. I just wonder if that particular set had issues where PSA 10s are harder to come by. Well, but I, we, yeah, I'm I mean, not taking that side. I'm just yeah. being devil's advocate there. I'm like, why? No, and that's good. I, you got, you got, you got to check me sometimes, you know, because I can't. You're, my brain doesn't just, think about everything all the time. You're, you're just, you're passionate, brother. That's good though. 
Mike Petty says, this has been one of the best shows on the interweb with you two Utes taking stock market down. Thanks, Mike Petty. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, U.S., I really appreciate you guys answering the PWCC question with your opinion. You're welcome. And and listen, full disclosure, PWCC pays me every month to cover their premier auction on my Sports Cards Live YouTube channel. And if you watch my episodes, you'll see that I rip them. I rip them another hole sometimes. Either them, well, either them or the grading company. When I think a card is improperly graded, you can watch Sunday Saturday Sunday's episode and see that I. I said they they missed the boat on this SGC 8.5 Mario Lemieux Opeche. Did they not turn the card over? Like, and they're paying me. I'm 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 being as authentic as I possibly can be when I talk about cards. I'm not I'm not shilling for any company. Uh, Michael Stone, because besides Tag, who's your favorite grading company? Is why asking me? Uh, oh boy, that's a good question. My favorite slab is CSG's. I think CSG has the nicest uh, plastic casing. My favorite label. I do like the the simplicity of the PSA uh, slab and label. Mm-hmm. I feel that their plastic is just cheap, cheap, cheap plastic. It's not it's not really high quality plastic. Beckett slab. I, I like the solidness of the Beckett slab, uh, but the plastic itself, too many of them come back cloudy. They're just, it's just a low quality plastic that they're using. I'd like to see them up update or upgrade the quality of plastic so that when you see your, you can actually see your card through the holder. Um, th- right now, Michael Stone. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, because I know so much now about tag and what, consistent grading can bring to the hobby and what objective non-human grading can do and that and that computers can now actually grade cards properly um i'm just down on all the human grading companies i'm not i don't down on them i'm just not going to use them anymore i'll buy cards in their holders i do all the time that's where the cards are a lot of them so i, I want to buy cards i'm i'm, I'm a card buyer I, lo- I love cards so well, I think I like, I would, my, I'd answer that question this way. I'd answer it. I'd like the SGC slab is the coolest looking slab. It feels the best in hand. It's Who's? solid. It just, I just love it. Who's? SGC. Oh, okay. Yeah, SGC, and the it, black disease. I just love the look, the feel in hand. It's, it, it feels just awesome. Like if I don't own one anymore, all I own now um, are, I had a couple Patrick Kane, you know, the not the true RPA, is it? The, but you don't you don't own an SGC. You don't own. I don't own any SGC anymore. I only have PSA, and I have one BGS. It's a Pop One credentials, Ken Griffey Junior. Um, ninety six and ninety seven credentials. It's the Pop One BGS nine five. Um, but that's the only BGS card I own. The rest of them are PSA. Um, but that was strategic. I did that on purpose because more of my cards are, you know, I, I want them to be. At least for right now, um, higher grade quality cards in the you know the, the grade that's that that carries the most value at this point. Now that could change, and if that changes, then fine. But I still feel like based on the cards I bought, who I bought them from, I feel pretty confident they'd be a higher grade card in almost any slab. So I'm not terribly worried about that. But I've done that very specific research to make sure of that, and that took a lot of time. Um, and half my collection comes from one guy, to be honest with you, that I've kind of basically worded it into and. It's uh, I trust I trust this person um, considerably when it comes to the condition of the card. Um, 
but yeah, SGC by, by leaps and bounds. I, I think it's they're the best looking slab. They, I mean, if they carried the value, that's all I'd have. Yeah, so I'm the exact opposite. I I think they're I, I do not like their slab, and here's why: it's bigger than the other slabs. It doesn't fit in grading boxes, uh, and I, I like my cards to fit together where where and how I keep them. I do not like the the black plastic inlay. I think it it. Like, like this is so much, I just want to see the card. I don't need, I don't need a black frame around it. Now it's touching all the parts of the card or it can. Um, I, I specifically avoid SGC because I just don't like their slab. Now I respect the company. Uh, what I've seen of their CEO, um, what's his name? Uh, Uh, Peter, Peter, Peter Steinberg, very well-spoken young man. I, I respect, I respect him. And, and what, what he's bringing and the way he's approaching the business from what I've seen at least. And I think that they, they might be the best vintage grading company out there. But damn, that slab. If they would change that slab, I'd, I'd move probably all my vintage that Tag will never, may or may not ever grade into, into SGC holders. I just, I just can't. It ruins the card for me because I, I, just, I, I hate the slab. But Dennis, this is not an indictment on your opinion. I love that you love no, it and I no. don't. Like no, I'm not. I'm no, not at all. I, I just I, it's and, interesting you think that though. And I think the on, whole the whole use of the word tuxedo it, it's that's cringy to me. That the tuxedo thing is cringy. cringy. That's just me. That's just me. Jason <laughs> Puck says I'd like to run a car wash like PSA upcharge cars based on the resale value. I mean, I'd pay more if I had a, a half a million dollar car. I'd probably pay more just to make sure that they're treating it well with their rags and their whatever they're using to to clean it. Uh, Loco says, I have two tag t-shirts. Most people will say tag, you're it. That's the most common response I get. Well, thank you for that. Uh, and then Sekron, uh, welcome. Good to see you. Says, what are the chances tag ever sets up in person submissions? It shows like Dallas, uh, very high Sekron, very high. Um, tag will be doing onsite grading at the national in Chicago this year. So that'll be something. And it's not going to be behind a curtain. You're going to be able to see it happening. Tag is transparent, transparent slab. Transparent grades, full grading report on everything, free with your card, no upcharge for that, et cetera, et cetera. Transparent process. I don't think we're 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 pretty we're pretty far into this. I'm going to make a little declaration though. I don't think PSA ever gets overtaken. I think they're going to be the leader. Um, Obviously, I've got a I've got a lot of skin in the game there, but I I just don't see it happening. Um, I think Nat Nat Turner brings an element of um, respect and integrity to that that brand. Uh, I think people might have have opinions on that, but I, I'm a Nat Turner guy, and I think that uh, as long as he is is involved with PSA, that I feel very confident in PSA long term. Yeah, as long that. as they're not going to try and take it public, because as soon as they do that, it all comes down to the investor, not the customer. It's probably already there, actually. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I disagree with, with, with that. I don't disagree that Nat's a good guy. I've talked to him many times. I've had him on my show. He, he's well-spoken. I, he's a true collector, definitely. But he's also a, a capitalist. He's also a wealthy man. Uh, and he's got wealthy investors who need him to provide a return on their investment. And, you know, going public would be the worst. And they probably will. Same thing with Fanatics. Probably will go public one day. And when companies go public, a lot of people don't understand just how much money it costs annually to be a public company. The last public company I worked at, whenever we had to go to a shareholder vote, it cost $2 million 
just to run the vote, just to send the letters out to all the shareholders. Like two million bucks, that could have come off the pricing. That could have gone back to the to the customer or could have gone to employees or somewhere else. But being being public is uh, it really, yeah, it, 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 I have so many issues with it. But in any event, it's uh, it's a it's a part of our society now in our capital markets. And it's just the way it is. Um, Mosaic here said uh, PSA's foundation is quality and consistency. That's a false foundation, though. Uh, if that slips, it has slipped. I don't know if it, that it was ever there, but it has slipped. They're in trouble. They're only going to be in trouble if the hobby catches on on a more broad basis. And if the if the buyers, I think, start to say, you know what, uh, the grade's only going to be good half the time. So, you know, or whatever you think that might be. So in any event, uh, Wiz Collectibles agree on your assessment of different slabs. Jeremy, I would add that depending on the card thickness and design can also affect how it presents. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Some thick cards I hate this new slab that PSA is using for cards that, that don't fit in in the standard holder. They've, it's just like got that, that sharp ridge around the outside of it, which helps for stacking, but card on its own is, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that new slab. I wish I, wish I was. All right. Um, yeah, so many comments here, guys. I think we're just going to have to, uh, Tom Grant says PSA was public for a long time. Uh, collectors was public for a long time. I think that's what you meant though, Tom. And then Nat and company took it private. And then the question is, will they take it public again? Because that's taking a company public is a, is a windfall of money for the, for the shareholders that are, you know, the pre public shareholders, they get, they get, they, in many cases get filthy rich. And then the customers end up having to pay the price because it costs them so much for compliance. Uh, to remain a public company. It's it's really unfortunate. I've been through it in my professional life a few times. This professor did well on PSA as a private shareholder. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, all right. With that, with that, you guys, we are going to wrap it up. Thank you to the chat for all of your, uh, for all your comments. Definitely appreciate them. I see comments still coming in. I'm going to, I'm going to try. I can't look at them anymore. I'm going to, I've just blanked them out on myself so I can't see them because I will go back to them. And we're at an hour yeah. 34. We aim to be about an hour. We've been an hour, 20, an hour and a half each episode so far. This is episode three. Episode four coming up next Tuesday, you guys. Dennis, do you want to reveal what our topic is going to be? What will we be taking stock of a week today? We're going to be taking stock of show bidding. We're going to talk about show bidding in our hobby, whether it should be something to expect, be okay with, just reconcile come to terms with or is it something that needs to be combated um it's we're gonna have a real deep conversation about that we look forward to having all of you here to help us have that conversation and let's learn let's learn let's talk let's debate and to all you guys in the chat who are watching on the sports card dad youtube channel please head over to my youtube channel sports cards live throw a subscribe out there Saturday night regular interviews and for all of my audience if you're watching on the sports cards live YouTube channel and you're not yet subscribed to sports cards dad please go subscribe to Dustin's channel that's where Dennis is hanging his hat with his various content projects right now thank you mosaic mind thank you rage thank you Jacob thank you loco thank you Michael Stone thank you rage again thank you Tom Grant by the card that's right and with that everybody this episode of taking stock is now over Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.